So, so with that being said, you know, we're, you know, we, we know that we talked about Adam and Eve and what we did just to kind of give you a small recap mm-hmm. about last week is that we talked about uh, fellowship and that was the reason of why we were created. And within that fellowship, excuse me, is is that in in Genesis uh, it told us that we were created in his likeness in his in his image and in his likeness he created man so and then we get to Genesis chapter 3 and then Adam and Eve had partaken of the fruit and then after they had saw that what they did was then they heard God walking and I kind of gave you the illustration of Did you really hear me walk? So in the reference of to walk was really not that. It was that, that he was, God was fellowshipping in the garden. And it said that he was fellowshipping in the cool of the day. And when you translate that, he, that he was fellowshipping with the spirit of God. He was, I guess you could say he was talking with himself. But if I could imagine if God was fellowshipping, I could imagine that he had a conversation with the Holy Spirit. And he said, Adam and Eve just did what I told them not to do. Would be my imagination that I would use. I don't want to speculate, but you can't prove me wrong and I can't prove it to be right, but I can prove that him and uh, was ha- he was having a fellowship with someone because he was walking, he was fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. So so that was the reason and the purpose of our creation of why God created mankind was so that he could have fellowship with me and that he could have fellowship with you. You see, just because I'm a pastor, just because the Lord's called me, doesn't mean that that fellowship is strictly adhered to just me alone. Okay, well, this is me and God, and and and, and God doesn't want to speak to you. No, God wants to speak to you as well, but we get to the same token in the book of uh, in the book of Exodus, you know that the children of Israel had an opportunity to have a fellowship with God. But when God displayed His awe, when God displayed His greatness, when God displayed His holiness, well, what did they say? Hey, you, you know, we're scared of God. We don't want to hear Him talk. Moses, you talk to Him and then you relate to us what He has to say. And God wanted to have a fellowship with them, but because they didn't want to have a fellowship, so then he gave them a bunch of rules and regulations that he knew that man couldn't live by. So then that was the way that they were going to have their fellowship with God from here out was that they had to obey the laws of Moses. And, and we, we went for, for 4,000 years and, and it just it wasn't taking place. It wasn't going to happen. So, when, so then Jesus came... Oh, glory, hallelujah. He came and he sacrificed himself to, to, to give us that fellowship back with God. And so today, uh, today we're, 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 as we're talking about fellowship with the king, but today's kind of subtitle, if you want to say, I'm not really giving it a subtitle, but the direction of this is, is going to be fellowship of remaining. Fellowship of Remaining. So today we're going to be reading out of John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and as we've already spoken about this already uh, um, in times past, 
but I want to bring to light. I want, I want to bring some more stuff to the surface, surface here. John chapter 15, 14, John chapter 15 verses 1 through 9, and I'll be reading this out of the NLT version. So here's what Jesus had to say. So, so now again, these were letters that are read, so which means what? These are words of Christ as we've spoken about that. So when we see Jesus speaking, we, we've got to know and we've got to understand that what he has to say is very important. Because why? Because he had fellowship with God. So here's what Jesus had to say in John chapter 15 verses 1 through 9. I am, let's just stop here. Let me give you a free nugget. Remember he said, he says, he said, when, when Moses said, Lord, who do I tell them sent me? He said, tell them, say that I am that I am. So here we are is another I am, another facet of who Jesus Christ is, another another identification of who Jesus is and who he's meant to be and who he is in our life. So uh, so again, man, I just got two words out and I'm already preaching on this so good, so much better than some of y'all are saying amen, amen, but it's okay because I know you're just listening very intently. So we're going to roll here. So I am the true vine. So let's just stop. You know, if there's a true, then there's also a false. There's also a lie. There's also a false. So when we think about it, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Or some, transla some translation would say my father is the vine dresser. So what we're talking about here is we're talking about a grapevine. And daddy just happened to have a grapevine outside <laughs> next to the tree line. So let me continue here. Verse 2. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Wow. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. So they will produce even more. Now let's go to verse 3 right here. And it said, And you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So if we stop right there, Jesus made a declaration that there's really no more than, there's not even more that I need to say. There's no more that I need to say other than what's just being said here. So what Jesus did was he made a universal and a eternal decree here. A universal, which means what? It applies to everyone. What's eternal means it's forever. So he made a universal and eternal decree here. He said, every, he said, you've already been pruned and purified the message I've given you. So now we're going to go to verse 4. So I'm going to finish reading these so I can get into my notes and, and relate to you what has been downloaded into my spirit. Verse 4. And he says, remain in me. Where are we at? We're right here. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I mean, Jesus is getting really academic here. And I mean, I just love that, how it becomes so uh, spiritually educational for us. Verse five, he said, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. So Jesus is referring again of I am the vine. I mean, it, like when he begins to repeat himself. So when we, when, when, so when somebody begins to repeat themselves, then it becomes a sense of urgency. 
it becomes a sense of urgency. So, so we've really got to be looking into what Jesus is saying here. And these are not just words that are sitting on a page, but these are words that's got to come alive in our lives. Amen. And those who remain in me and I in them will, will, will. Is that a suggestion? Recommendation? It's going to happen. And that becomes along with the if part, remember? It becomes situational. It becomes, uh, uh, I can't remember how I said that earlier, but the if is, is conditional. So, so, so it, you, will, you will produce fruit if you remain in me. So, uh, so uh, continue with verse number five. And he said, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Are you, are you seeing what's going on here? He said, but, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you. John 1 and 1 in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. So Jesus is the Word. So he's, again, he's, he, he placed himself if I remain in you, but then he puts more emphasis on if my Word remains in you. So if we, let, let's continue to look at that verse 7 again. So if, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When we begin to think about that, so, so when we have the Father's heart, are we going to say, hey, Lord, will you give me a brand new car? Will you give me a brand new house? Will you give me? No, because our desire is going to be what? It's going to be the focus of what he wants. So when we ask God what he wants, it's just like, God, I'm asking you what you want to do about a building. What do you want to do about our finances? What do you want to do about services? Where do you want me to preach from? What do the people need to hear? Not what Pastor James wants this building or Pastor James wants this much money in the bank account before we move forward. Or I'm just going to prepare a sermon because I think the people need to hear this. It's a ask of anything that you want. Well, when you're just, well, what, 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 boy, I got on that one. <laughs> what, what did we just read this morning? What did we read this morning in, in Matthew? And see, and this is, this is outside of my notes. So for those that are viewing us or those that are listening, uh, excuse me, but don't excuse me. He, he said, uh, if you, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. But he says in verse 24, he said that Jesus said to his disciples, who were his disciples again? Pastor James, Brother Brent, Sister, sister Wife Becky. Somebody's going to get a laugh out of that one, and that's okay. That, that one was for free too. <laughs> I said that two times in a row this week. <laughs> but then Jesus said to his disciples, if you want to be my followers, it says you will give up your own way. So when we go back to this scripture, now Jesus, now would Jesus contradict anything? <laughs> excuse me, there, like would, would Jesus contradict anything that he has said? No, he wouldn't. So, so what he's saying is, your desire is going to become my desire. So when we ask of anything that we want, then what we're asking for is what his heart is. We're asking for what his heart is. Let, let, me, let me preach on now here. So verse 8, it says, When you produce much fruit, did it say a little bit? 
Did it say some? Did it say a sign of fruit? It said, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciple. Again, we're seeing this word true again. So to a truth, there is a lie or there is a false. So, so the tall tale sign of us being a true follower of Christ is that we're doing what? Much fruit. Not on Sundays, not on Monday mornings because the word is still fresh in us. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, when somebody cusses you out at work, when, you, when, when somebody points the finger at you and says, hey, you did this, but you know in reality that you didn't. So self says, hey, why don't you stand up and defend yourself? But the much fruit is going to say, hey, I don't need to defend myself because the word has already defended me. Amen. Has already defended me. Mm, man, that's some good preaching here this morning. And I ain't even done nothing but finish reading my verses. So, so I'm going to move into my notes here for just a moment if we could. Um, uh, just to make sure that I stay on point. And I, know I can already tell that my time is dwindling down. Excuse me for a moment. So another area of fellowship that we want to highlight on this morning is the mutual movement of remaining the mutual movement because we taught that mutual movement is what is walking with God it's being in fellowship with God it's walking hand in hand in tangent it's moving along at the same pace at the same rate with the same purpose in mind and that's what God has called us to, is to move in a movement of remaining in Him. So, so if we could, to talk about this word remaining for just a moment, I, I, want to, um, I want to give you a few definitions of what remaining is. And if you got your phone and if you want to take a picture of that, it'll be there. Like I said, if you want the notes, we can print them out for you. They're in your paper already. So to remain means this, to abide to dwell, to be close with. Now, if we just stop for a moment and begin to break this down, abide is not a word that we hear so much. Uh, as, uh, in the, you know, when you begin to read the New King James Ver New King James Version or the King James Version or the ESV, you'll see that word abide. If you abide in me and I abide in you. But the NLT says that it's remaining. So it carries that, that same uh, aspect there to dwell. What does dwell mean? Where do you dwelleth? Where do you dwell? Where do you live? Where do you live? Are we living in this fellowship with God? So this is a fellowship of living in Him, living in His Word, because He said, if you remain in me and my Word remains in you, He said, then ask. Then ask. So it become conditional is that you've got to meet the this plus this equals this. We get that, right? Yeah. Whatever this number is and whatever this number is will equal your answer. And, and, and every single answer is Jesus Christ. Yes. Everything that we do in our life must add up and become Him. He is our answer. He is the everything. Let me continue on here. To be close with. To be close with. Or in the midst. So if I'm in the midst of something, then what does that mean? In the in center. The 
in the middle, in the center, to be in the center of Him. So if we, with the fellowship, with Him being the center of everything that we are and everything that we do. Uh, I'm getting here somewhere because I can't talk about every one of these definitions. To be in union, to be of the same mind, to be of the same thought process. Uh, again, we can't, we can't make these things up if they're in the Bible. Uh, number six is companionship or fellowship. I mean, so man, this is fellowship of fellowship. This is fellowship of living in. This is fellowship of dwelling in. And here's the one that I want to get to. Number seven, close mutual association. So when we begin to think about that, what is close mutual association? Close, I'm close to Brother Brent, or I'm close to this table and I try not I want to get next to brother Brent but my cameras ain't gonna catch for me if I get way too far out of there but to be close to something is if I'm close to it I'm right next to it so mutual again is what of the same it's related to so if I'm close to something of the same sort it's associated what's associated men means to be related to so I mean so so let me let me let me let me throw this one out there to you so when we think about the three stooges when you think about Mo, Larry and Curly. Curly they're closely mutually associated with one another you can't say the three stooges without thinking about those three right so when you think about well even right now when you think about Pastor James what do you think about SLM. You think about Salt and Light Ministry. When, when you think about James, you think about Becky. When I think about Marissa, I think about Kaylee. When I think about Puppy, I think about all my other dogs that go along with them. But for me, when I associate Puppy is when God brought Daddy back home. When Daddy said, hey, you go and do what I've called you to do. Because anything outside of that is false. So, so, so that's what the close mutual association that I think about when I think about my puppy is that what the Lord has called me to. It's a reminder. It's a memorial for me. So, so, so to remain means to be in close mutual association. So when people see us, then what, what should they really associate us with? Being Christ-like. And the fruit, they see the fruit. So, it, so if, if it doesn't become visible, if we see a tree out there that's not bearing no fruit, do we know what kind of tree it is? We have no idea because my intellect will not tell me enough that I know what kind of tree that is. Because, because first thing I'm looking for is fruit. So when we bear no fruit, People don't know who we are closely, mutually associated with. Man, I'm getting somewhere, man. Are y'all following? Are y'all tracking with me on this? You picking up what I'm putting down, right? Amen. So we can move forward. So as this list is broad, and it lists several different meanings, but they all point back to a root. And this root is the focus of mutual movement with God through Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again. Uh, uh, this list, you know, they all point to the same root. And that same root is mutual movement with God through Jesus Christ. 
Matter of fact, this word is so profound and simple that Jesus stated in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. Read this with me one more time. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener or the vine dresser or the pruner. Uh, the one, the, he's the one that tends to it all. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so that they will produce even more fruit. And then he says, so you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So it was so simple that it's so simple to understand. But even though Jesus went in further detail with it, it there was really nothing more than what he needed to say with what he just said here. Because that sounds so simple, right? If I, if I tear the branch off of the grapevine, what is it not going to do no more? It's not going to produce no fruit no more. But also what? After I leave that branch sitting on the ground after a day, two days, well, what happens to it? It withers and it begins to dry up. And it begins to dry up. And you know where it dries up at first? From the inside out. It has no longer a source to give it the nutrients that it needs. It gives me no eagle powers. <laughs> As Nacho Libre would say, thank you for filling in on that. I'm glad you caught that innuendo on that. So not only is this so simple, and not only is this the simplicity of a universal and an eternal decree, but there needed to be no more explanation. But with compassion, what did Jesus do? Jesus gave us more revelation of his heart. He gave us further revelation by speaking the, the verses four through through the next four through nine that we just talked about here at the beginning that we read on. Because why his compassion was, I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. I want to break this down so that you see what I'm saying. What I'm doing is, is I'm opening my chest and I'm showing you my heart. And sometimes if, if we could, it, it, instead of, because have we ever really tried to tell somebody how much we love them, but we really couldn't, we, we couldn't put the emphasis with words, right? It's just like you love John. You love your husband, Kaylee. You know, uh, Brother Brent, man, he loves his pastor or he loves his mom and his daddy. So what he's going to do is, is sometimes we can't emphasize that with words. So what do we do? We show them. And that's called that compassion. That's the compassion. And Jesus oftentimes moved upon people with compassion because he loved people. He didn't say that he loved the sin. He didn't say that he loved the mess that they were in. He loved people because he wants what? He wants that fellowship. He wants us to have that fellowship with God. And that fellowship comes with God through him. He became that bridge. If, 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 if We know what a bridge is, right? So let's just talk about this for a minute. Uh, a moment. <laughs> so if you, you build a road, you got a road here. But then there's, there's, there's a, a river, there's a chasm. And then on the other side, there's another piece of land. So what do you do to, to, 
to cross that carryover as you fill in that gap with the bridge. And Jesus Christ became that bridge for me and he became that bridge for you so that we could have that relationship, that we could have that fellowship with God once again because the law wasn't allowing people to have that because it was too difficult. It was so hard to, to do that. But Jesus came and he did what? He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law so that we could have that relationship with God again. But we got to realize this here is that we got we got to realize that we can lose that that fellowship. We can lose that fellowship. And that's by doing what? By not producing the fruit that God has called us to. So let me continue here. So after this decree, Jesus follows with a promise and an explanation in verse 4. John 15 verse 4 and it says, Remain in me. So again, what, what do we say these words of remain is? To be close, to live, to dwell, to abide, to be closely, mutually associated with. So, so be closely associated in me and I will remain in you. So what, what, so what do we got to have there is we got to have fellowship. We got to stay connected. We got to stay connected to the vine for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. We just talked about that. If I pull that vine off of the tree, it's no longer going to produce it. There, no, you can't even, I can't even put that branch back on the tree. Well, I guess you can. I've seen these little videos where you take and cut a notch and then you put it back on there and you put saran wrap around it. And, and then it eventually, it, it can, it can come back. But the, but the situation that we have here is that that branch is, does not have its own capability of doing that. It can't pick itself up. Y'all ever seen a branch pick itself back up? I haven't neither. So I mean, we're going to continue on here with this. So so what? So now I want to I, I want to do something here real fast. Since I just happen to have a grapevine outside, what do we see on there? Grapefruit. We see some grapes, right? And Kaylee, we know that come next month that these things are going to be delicious. They actually turn purple. These are the purple grapes, whatever grapes they are. See, I'm not educated enough to, to, to put myself there, but maybe I need to get myself in a book and find out what the purple grapes are. But in, anyways, uh, they're really good to me in the summertime, and you got to get them when you can. But let's see. Now, we see a couple places where it's growing them at, right? But what about, what about up here? What about like at the very tip? So now that I have severed this from the vine, what's going to happen? It's going to wither. It's going to wither. And I'm just going to go throw it in the burn pile is all I'm going to do. And it's going to get burned. So, so what happens here, what happens here, because there's no fruit up here, but there's fruit here and it's connected to the vine. So what does that mean? You give this new growth time to produce fruit. And by the time this here gets to this length down here, as it's connected to the main vine, if it's not producing fruit, well then guess what I'm gonna do? Wow. I'm gonna prune it. Did I mess up the rest of this? It's still there, the fruit's still there. So, so now what's gonna happen is because that piece right there was robbing all of the nutrients from this, so what's gonna happen to these now? They're gonna get bigger. Come harvest time next time around, they're going to get bigger. They're going to become sweeter. They're going to become more luxurious, <laughs> if we could say it that way. 
I hope I don't step on those in a minute, squish them all over the floor. Uh, so within this fellowship with God, our lives must be fruitful. Must be. Must. Not a recommendation, not a suggestion. Must be because Jesus so simply spoke about this. Is it's this or it's this. So where we're faced at right now is we have a choice. And our choices is this. We're either going to be, we're either going to be severed, we're going to be pulled off the vine, or we're going to be pruned. Those are your two options. How many of us like having only two options? Don't a third and a fourth option sound better? You, it, can I have more options? No. Here's your two options. You're either going to be severed. You're going to be separated from God. You're going to be separated from the source. You're going to be separated from the very thing that has given you life. Or the things that is taken away from your life, God is going to do what? He's going to separate them and you're going to remain in Him. That's your two choices. That's the only two choices that we get. One, two, one, two, one, two. I, you can do it different ways, but it's still two choices. I know I'm a funny guy sometimes. I get a kick out of myself when I sit back and listen to my podcast sometimes or watch the, watch the YouTube. I sit back and I, I, and I definitely incline my ear to hear what God has to say. But sometimes in those moments, I just have those unexpected, hilarious moments that just kind of makes me laugh. And I'm like, dude, I'm such a doofus. <laughs> but it's okay. I, I love me. God loves me. You love me. And, and my heart goes out for each and every person here. So, um, so let me read a little bit of my, my notes here. So within this fellowship with God, our life must, must be fruitful. Jesus speaks within the scripture that you are doing one or the other. It was never a place of standing still. It was never, that was not part of the equation, right? That wasn't part of the, the two options, right? So we don't have an option of standing still. We are producing or are we not producing? Now stop and ask yourself this question. Stop and ask yourself this question. Here's our question right here. It'll be in your notes. Maybe you want to take a picture of this so you can reflect on this this week. You can reflect on it next week. So here's your question. If fellowship with God is mutual movement, excuse me, if fellowship with God is mutual movement, which means to be progressing forward in a mutual purpose and goal, and to remain is close mutual association, which means my actions, thoughts, and motives, and works associate me with the one I fellowship with, then what fruit am I producing or am I fruitless? What fruit am I producing or am I fruitless? That's just something that you need to be asking yourself. It's not a question that you ask yourself to put you down, but it's a question that you need to be asking yourself daily is what I'm doing, is it producing what God has called me to produce? If it's not, then, then here's what I got to do. Here's what I got to do. So if we read this scripture correctly, then my fruit is an indication of my fellowship with the vine, right? So what happens... This fruit right here has been associated with what? A grapevine, because these are what? These are grapes. If it was connected to an apple tree, then these apples, if it was an apple, then what would it be associated with? Being an apple tree. If it's associated with being a lemon, then what's it, if it's, 
If it's a lemon, then what is its association? It's a lemon tree. So our fruit tells us who we are. So, so, so I want to point this out to you again. And no fruit or the lack of fruit is the indication of a branch being or becoming severed. I'm going to read that again. No fruit or the lack of fruit is the indication of a branch being or becoming severed. And Jesus said that those branches are what? Are useless. Wow. He said they're useless. Uh, now, uh, you can go back through Scripture and you can read that. If you've got John chapter 15, 1 through 9, you'll see that he, he simply said that those branches are useless. And, and I was going to quickly try to find that real fast. Uh, but I guess it, it, it really doesn't make any Verse 6. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch. A useless branch. If we're not producing the fruit that God has called us to, then it becomes what? So now, that that I've done pulled off, it is now useless. It is useless. It can no longer produce any more grapes than what's already on there. So, so let me get back to my notes because I done got distracted here for just a moment. Um, so, and no fruit or the lack of fruit is the indication of a branch being or becoming severe or severed, sorry. And Jesus said that those branches are useless. So if we ponder on these statements of this absolute truth, we have to take to heart the seriousness of what Jesus is speaking here. To know that you could be once joined to life, giving source, but then be separated because of your lack, because you lack what you were purposed for. So that grapevine is purposed to do what? To produce grapes. That was its purpose. So our purpose with God, as we spoke about last week, our purpose was what? What did God create us for? What did God create us for? Fellowship. fellowship. So if we don't have that fellowship with God, we're not producing and man, we're, we're useless. We're wasted space. I, I know this is a tough truth, but you know what? This is why God has called us not to be here every Sunday church. Because I, I will never give you a watered down gospel. I'm going to give you everything that God lays on my heart, whether we like it or not. And, 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 and oftentimes, God speaks these very same words to me. This word here has to be present in my life and in my walk. We're, we're getting closer here. Follow along with me. So to know that you could once be joined to life given source, but then to be separated because you lack what you were purposed for, your fellowship, you've got to hear me on this. Your purpose is to be closely mutually associated with the vine. This mutual association comes with fellowship with God. That's the only way we're going to produce. 
And this needs to be ringing in your ear. This needs to be ringing in your spirit that this is what I was purposed for. This is what I was purposed for. You think? Do you think that I could love my child so much that I just really want them to uh, just be a nobody the rest of their life? You know, what does a mom and daddy do is they push you. They, If they really love you, they're going to push you and to propel you to do more to do better, to not settle for less, to not settle for second best because they want the very best for you. What makes us think that God wants anything different for us? God wants the very best for us, but if we're not walking in fellowship with Him and if we just feel like that He's always taking, taking, taking and not giving, 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 then where are we at? We, 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 we've got to get a hold of this. So let me continue here. So this association with fellowship of remaining is summed up with either a separation from or a pruning from God. So separation from God or it's a pruning from God. So these are our two options that we got here. You will be separated or you will be pruned. These are your only two options. The pruning is removing whatever inhibits spiritual growth. The pruning process is what inhibits spiritual growth. So it's just like I just said. If this down here is robbing from this, then what am I going to do to it? I'm going to prune it so that it can do what? Because he just said this in verse 2. He said that you would produce more fruit or much fruit. That's what he's called us to. He's called us to more. That's why I keep saying God has called us to more. He's called us to more. Never to settle for what we got. If we're fine where we are, then that's all we're going to ever have. But when God has called us to more, then we can have the more that He wants because did we do, do we not remember? He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then what? You can ask whatever you want. Oh, let me continue on here. I'm getting my times running now. So, so, uh, so as we read in Hebrews chapter two, I want to I want to transition this over because if this pruning is something that inhibits spiritual growth, then what does the book of Hebrews have to say about that? Read with me here, verse one, Hebrews twelve and one and two. It says, "Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, now who were the witnesses? He was talking about the people in the hall of faith in chapter eleven." talking about Moses, Abraham, uh, Isaac. He's talking about all these people of great faith. Since we are to be associated and in, in like-minded as they are, he said that since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us what? Strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So if we just stop there before we continue on, if how many of us has ever ran? I ain't talking about we run right now. <laughs> I mean, look at me. Does it look like I run? I run to the table. <laughs> but no, really, I don't. But I, th I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, you know, Brother Brent thinks I'm the comedian here, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if if I ever run, if we've all we've all ran something, even if we ran outside. So when we were carrying the clothes basket, carrying it upstairs, if we're carrying a big old box to our car, are we running? What would it feel like to carry such a heavy weight? 
So, so these are the things that these are the things that prevents me from having longevity. These are the things that prevents my endurance and my perseverance. These are the things that do what? That slow me down. They slow me down because you know what? Jesus is coming back soon. How soon? I don't know. But every day that we wake up is a day sooner. I can guarantee you that. It's a day sooner. It's a day sooner that we get to death as well too. Because what separates us from eternity? One heartbeat. One breath. And then it's eternity. And it's either, it's either one of two places. It's one or two places. So again, there's your two options again. We don't get a lot of choices. We get A or we get B. Is which one it is. So, so let us let, let's strip. What does it mean to strip off? To remove. To take away. To cast it off of me. To get rid of it. So to get rid of everything that slows me down. So, 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 so I'm going to give you a Pastor James experience here. I'm going to give you a Pastor James example, uh, if I could say it that way. Is that there's nothing wrong with me watching TV. But what will I do now versus watching more TV? I'll spend more time in my word. Or his words, not my word. I spend more time in his word. Because what? So, so what am I doing here is I'm, I'm loosening something that's holding me back. And, and, and this TV right here and the things that come through this TV does not absolutely, man, I think, no, I didn't squish one. The, the, this TV does not absolutely propel me to God. What does it do? It, it becomes a weight and it, it will take away from the very thing that's, that God wants me to do. He wants me to remain. He wants me to have fellowship with Him. And so, and there's things in our life that we've got to get rid of because God's calling us to more. So this is the pruning. This is the stripping off. This is the pruning process that has to take place for me is I've got to get rid of things that slow me down in my walk with God. So if I begin to loosen things up, I can begin to move with some more stride. Putting this in slow motion for those on the camera. You just start to move in stride. And, and, I, and I'm more free. I don't have nothing holding me back. And, you know, Kaylee says every Sunday, she's like, Daddy, you could chop down a tree as much as you talk with your hands. Chop, 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 and do it a karate chops. But it's okay. I just, I get, I'm very passionate when I talk about my Lord because I realize what He's done for me and what He's continuing. So let me continue here. And He said, And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So there's your option. God has set a race before you. What are you going to choose? Man, I'm out of breath and I was only slow motion running. <laughs> See, I told you I don't, I don't run very far. So verse number two, he said, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiated and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting us, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. This is, this is how we do it, is we keep our eyes on Jesus so we could associate this a close mutual association here that we're talking about is remaining in Him. Remaining in God through Jesus Christ. He said, there's, he said no man comes to the Father except what? Except through me. Yeah, by me. Through me. And what is me? My word. Mm -hmm. I am the word. Nobody comes to the Father 
except for through my word. It ain't we. We ain't just laying on our deathbed and say, "Hey, you know, I'll, you know what? I want to get saved before I die." Did the Spirit of God draw you? No man can be saved unless the Spirit draws him. It's in Scripture. We don't just get saved because we think we we think we're gonna die now and it's time for me to get saved. No man, no man comes to the Father except through Him, and that's through His Word. Let me continue on here. So to strip off is to remove or cast off. Simply to be said, it is to be pruned. So, 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 what are we to prune? What are we to prune? Did you ask that question? I'm glad you asked that question. I read the note box this morning, and y'all had this question while we were doing this service. So I'm so glad you asked. Turn with me, Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-two. And I did not. And yep, I did. So it says, throw off all, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Have we not already talked about that this morning with Jesus? What he said, you got to do away with your own ways, yes. your own ways, your own ways. See, because when, and when it's our way, then we become what we were selfish. We think about ourselves. We think about what I want, but what best benefits me. So when we think about what best benefits us, then we're still in our old nature. You know, how, what, what reward can I get out of this? What's in this for me? You know, I've been that guy at one point in time. I have. Uh, uh, I guess it's kind of shameful to say, but you know what? That was my old way. So what have I done is I have neglected my old way. So he said, throw off. What was again to throw off? It was to strip, to cast off, to throw away. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. So this is the pruning that must take place for us to produce the fruit that God has called us to. Man, these sounds like some tough things, don't it? I mean, let's just really do. It becomes challenging. You know, it's like I said, right after we finish worship, is that there's always going to be a word that challenges you to do more. To, to do more for the kingdom, to do and to produce the fruit that God has called us to. So, so, so it's these things that need to be pruned out of our life that's, that's corrupted by lust and deception. So our former life is corrupted by lust and deception because it doesn't require us to walk or to fellowship in mutual movement with God. This is the opposite of what God has called us to. Somebody needs to shout about this revelation. Come on, preach now. Come on, preach. Preacher, preach. Preacher, preach. So, so this is a refining process. We all have heard me talk about being refined, right? You've seen the necklace? The little, I always, man, I reach it there and grab that because my ring's not made out of gold. But the refining part of it is that there's impurities in there. There's things that's, that's not pure that has caused this to be hard because pure gold is malleable. What does malleable mean? It's very tender. It's easy to work with. It's easy to work with. So, so when we get to the point where God, when we've been refined through God's Word and through the suffering, and we're going to talk about suffering next week, and I don't want to get too much in the refining because next week's message is going to be called The Fellowship of Suffering. The Fellowship of Suffering. So, so, so does the branch... Uh, let, let me let me go back here. So this is a refining process, but it is what's necessary to fulfill, to be the fulfillment of our creation, which was fellowship, right? Does the branch 
look like the vine. It looks like the vine. It really does. It might be a smaller version of it, right? But it still looks like the vine because eventually, guess what happens? Is that this branch right man I've done broke this thing all to pieces now maybe I should have grabbed another one but you look at this branch right here and what happens is that now something else begins to look like it looks like you see me you follow me on this what this is this has became what this is is what this has became and the only thing that this is is because of what it was attached to so, so we become a reflection of what we're attached to. Uh, so, did, so did we not read last week that our intention was to be in His likeness and His image? So the branches, uh, the branches have fellowship with the vine by remaining in Him and His Word in them. We have got to get a hold of this basic principle. This is basic. What does basic mean? Fundamental. This is one plus one is Man, I'm just making sure that you're paying attention. That's all I'm doing this morning. It's basic. This is These are basic teachings. So why does basic seem to be so hard? Why does it seem like addition is so hard to do? It's not hard to do. You just ain't trying. You just ain't putting your heart in it. You see, because you still got your old ways in you. And God has called us to be separated from those very things. Uh, let, let me, you know, I, and I got to say when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to Pastor James as well. Don't think I'm pointing the finger at nobody here because I'm talking to myself as well. So these branches have fellowship with the vine by remaining in him. Uh, so as we move to a close on part two of this series, I got one minute left. And I don't think I'm going to meet the one minute more. I should have gave myself 60 minutes instead of 50. So turn on me uh, one more time to Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25. You can read it on the screen. It'll be right there. And for time's sake, we'll go ahead and read. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. And these are opposite of each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Verse 18, But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. Do we need to talk about these? Can, can, do we, are, we, are we going to use our big people's mind and think about these things? Sexual immorality. Sex outside of marriage. The list can go on. Impurities. Pornography. Things of that nature. Uh, sensuality. Being lustful. Uh, idolatry. What is idolatry? Anything that comes before God does. It could, it could be these pair of glasses right here. That sounds so funny. But, man, I just love these glasses. Why don't you use them to read your Bible? Man, I just love these glasses. I love my phone. You know, I'm just going to scroll on Facebook. I love Facebook. And what has it done? It separated me. You see, it has that very potential to lead me to God. But that phone has led me away from God because it became more important than me turning to my Bible app and reading the Bible or to get physically in these paper pages here. Uh, I love reading the technology of reading my Bible on there, but nothing replaces this piece of paper in my hands. It doesn't. You can say what you want to say, but it doesn't. So let me continue on here. Sorcery. Enmity, which means hatred, strife, jealousy, 
Fits of anger. Okay, uh, <laughs> rage, being rage, having anger issues. Uh, rivalries, talking about wild parties and stuff like that. Dissensions, uh, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, listen to this, as I warned you before. That means he's spoken about them. He's spoken about them. That those who do such things will, will not, will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are the very things that needs to be pruned out of our life. Man, you better be careful, James. These are the things that need to be pruned from our life. If these things are present in our life, well, then guess what? What does he say? You're going to be separated. You're going to be that vine, that, that branch that's it's stripped off and done what? We're just going to put it in a pile and you're, and you're useless. Jesus called those branches useless. And those are harsh words, but Jesus spoke them. So if Jesus spoke them, then they're absolute what? Absolute truth. They're a universal and an eternal decree. They are for everyone all the way through time. All the way through. Let me continue here. Oh, but here's the good part. Here's the good part right here. So I've got good news for you. But the fruit of the Spirit. So we've talked about the fruit and being connected to the vine. So here's what connect, being connected to the vine is going to do. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. A feeling of love or an action of love? An action of love. Not a feeling of love. Not, not phileo, but agape. So, and the next one is joy. Did he say happiness? He said joy, right? So what's the difference there, Pastor? Well, you know what happy you know what happy or happen happiness is? It's short for happenstance. In the moment of. So we've had those happy moments in our life, but then when something goes away, then what happens? We're not happy no more. But see, he tells us to have joy and not happiness. So what is joy? The joy of the Lord is my strength. It, it, Walking, walking in unity with Him, uh, that, is, that is our strength. He tells us to have joy. This is a fruit of the Spirit. Peace. Not, not this kind of peace. Uh, peace, love, and war. And not that kind of peace. Patience. How many of us lack with that? But it says that, that the trying of our faith produces what? Patience. Didn't we talk about that this morning? Not to be derogative or anything, but I've got my settings set that, 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 that uh, my YouTube's not uh, kid-friendly. So, so, so the reality is, is when a woman's birthing the child, well, what does she do? She stretches to be able to produce what God is giving her. So, 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 so our faith is going to be stretched to produce the what God has placed in us. And that's why, man, I feel like that I'm just all cramped up and I just I want to stretch and, and so so what I have to do is I have to associate with my people or with people that's like-minded that that can that can encourage me on that can egg me on that's why I reached out to my board members this week and I said hey I need you to pray about this situation the same way that you would do it for yourself and why is that because God chose you to be my go-to people God chose you to be my go-to people let me continue on here. Kindness. Oh, kill them with kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now follow me here on this on verse 24 and 25. Follow me here now. 
And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with the passions and its desires. Have we not touched bases on all of this this morning? Yeah. But here, here's, here, I, want you to, I want you to watch this in verse 25. And it said, If we live by the Spirit, let us keep also keep in step with the Spirit. Mutual movement. Mutual movement. You know, and, and I've got some more notes here, but I'm just I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this. So as we spoke earlier in this message, we are currently at the fork of the road of having to decide if we are going to be separated from God or to be pruned by God. I'm not sure what changed. Oh, that changed. Sorry. But um I'm sorry, baby. So it's only a decision that you can make and nobody can make it for you. I can't make it for you. As much as I love you, as much as I have compassion for you, I can't make these decisions for you. So when this message hits home for you, you will walk differently. Your fellowship will be different when this hits home for you about abiding in Him and, and being separated, being pruned. It's got, if it hits home with you, your walk is going to be different from here forward. So what decision are you going to make today is the question. What's going to be your decision? Some may say that I'm already walking with God. So my challenge to you is how close are you? How close is your mutual movement with God? How close are you closely mutually associated with God? Has your fruit been seen? Has that fellowship? Can people see that you have fellowship with God? Can they see that? Let me pray with you here today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you today, Lord, that you've graced us, Lord, with another opportunity yet, Lord, to call upon your name. Lord, a privilege and an opportunity, Lord, an honor, Lord, to be able to speak your word, to speak the absolute truth, Lord, of your heart today. Lord, and as we are at the fork here today, Lord, that we have to make a decision. We're either going to go this way or we're going to go this way. Lord, today we know, Lord, that we cannot unhear what we just heard. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you continue to tug on our hearts, Lord, that we would be closely mutually associated with you, Lord, by the fruit that we're bearing. Lord, that, with that we have this fellowship of remaining with you, Lord, that you've called us to. Lord, bless us as we part ways today, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that if there's someone that doesn't know you, Lord, today, I pray, Lord, that, that you would continue to tug on them. Lord, that they would see, Lord, that at this point in this time, Lord, that they have to take up their cross and they have to follow you, Lord. It's not about an accept, believe, and confess, but yet, Lord, it's a... It's a confessing, but Lord, it's also taking up your cross, Lord, and following you. You said that in Matthew, Lord, that if nobody, if we don't take up our cross, Lord, then we're not worthy of you. But Lord, I pray for those individuals that they would accept you today. And it's not a sinner's prayer that you just simply say. It's just, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I've wronged you. I've done wrong against you. And my ways have been contrary to your ways. Lord, I, I, I'm considering the cost, Lord, because I'm going to build a porch here. I'm going to build a house. And I know that it's going to cost me something. 
Lord, as they've considered the cost, Lord, it's just a simply of walking in it from here out. That's just all it is. There's, there's no formula to it. It's just a one plus one equals two. It's so simple, but yet it's so hard because we've got to be pruned. We've got to be separated from the very things that's robbing those nutrients from what God has for us and what he's called us to. Lord, bless us again, Lord, as we go our separate ways today, Lord, that you would be with us, that you would keep us safe, Lord, and that you will bring us back safely, Lord, and that your word would continue to ring in our ear. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to bring this to our remembrance. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify you, we honor you because we ask it in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen and amen. amen.